And now, live from Dining Room Studios in Hollywood, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes her guests, a gal who's got a party in her pantry, Jenna Kim Jones, a guy who's got the Excel skills to pay the bills in the Excel spreadsheet to prove it, Alan Moss, a man who quit drinking so he'd have more time to get high with his cat, Greg Heller, and a man who speaks three languages, English, German, and love, Dustin Goot. And Chef Jeff will teach us how to snap a yam. I'm her husband, Daniel, reminding you to tip your mustache driver, hop on board the love bus, and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen. Hello, my little fried clams. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting Thursday show. I want to say hello to everyone. Hello, Greg Heller. Hi, Allison Rosen. Hello, Dustin Goot. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Hello, Jenna. Hi. Hi, Al. Good evening. And hello, Daniel. Howdy. And hi, Jeff. Konnichiwa, Cracker Sons. <laughs> Is my microphone working? <laughs> it's back. And I just realized we're short one microphone stand, hence... You are all handheld. I am handheld, and I sound like I'm very quiet, but Two, three, I'll just... Four, four. Oh, yeah, we are definitely a short one. Yep. I did some counting. Huh. So would you think the audience can't hear you? Because they need to be able to hear you. There could be a slide whistle. Yeah, I'm going to talk with sound tonight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds just like you. It's like, it's like we've invited the music man onto the show. <laughs> You don't see a lot of people with that one-man band thing. Do you know what I'm talking no. about? The music man where he's got the drum yeah. on his back and all the little contraptions. Where is that guy? You'd think that he'd be in Stars Hollow. He lives in oh San Francisco. Oh, my gosh. You're right. <laughs> I feel like there was a whole network of mentors and, you know, the mentees. Whatever, right. You know, the art they, they of just, the one-man is band it, hasn't been passed on. Isn't that all on everyone's iPhone like everything else? It's like you can... <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like you can do a drum loop and, and yeah. pour. It's like you can compose the whole thing in an app and then just like... Press play. There's a there's a guy in Santa Monica on the promenade who did it, but he had like a keyboard. He would sit down and had all the instruments. It wasn't like the big bass drum and the foot cymbals and the everything. Oh, I saw a guy on Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. Oh, he, yeah. he really he's, is. He's like the only oh, he really performer that I was like, here's all my money. You like, <laughs> you win. Like, seriously, I every time I walked, in, I'm like, no way, dude. Painting, I'm, no way. Scared people through, With from a behind a bush. Get yeah, out of here. I don't like <laughs> yeah, that one. That guy, I hate. Yeah. So. For the listener, hello, welcome, thanks for listening, I <laughs> love you. What we're talking about is, in Fisherman's Wharf, San Francisco, maybe this happens everywhere, there's someone who hides behind a bush and then jumps yeah. out at you and yeah. then everyone laughs. He's I a was the jumpy. Oh, he's a YouTube were? star, he's on YouTube, because people will film it and put it on there. There's and just it, one guy who does this? I yeah, feel like he's, this is like, no, he is like the oh. bush man, because when I went there, I was like, oh, I've seen that guy on but YouTube. But that's not even a skill, you're just <laughs> hiding behind a fucking <laughs> that's what, bush. That's what's so ridiculous, it's like, he scares people and people are like, oh, <laughs> here's my money. I mean, and neither is painting yourself silver and not moving. That's true. Right. There is that guy though who balances shit in San Francisco, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. He'll balance rocks on top of each other and stuff. Yeah. If you're oh balancing guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's the best. The, ba- the balancer. Man. <laughs> <If> so, <laughs> the is, worst superhero, by the way, the balancer. Is <laughs> that really where you balance. go if you have some kind of thing that would be popular on the street? Autism. <laughs> Speaking of, right. actually, that's a terrible segue. But um, you Lives. said, com. You Sorry. said that 
That's a very quiet website. You said <laughs> that um, when you're high, your cat's the best person to be with or something like that. Yeah. He, well, he doesn't judge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might, but you can't tell. But They're also, always like, judging. Yeah, as you yeah, say, there's, it's nothing new. Well, he doesn't know is what I'm saying. Or he would judge. But yeah, I really like being around cats when I'm high mm. because their faces are so fascinating. <laughs> and I also feel like they're so, like they're looking at you in a certain way. Like I read this thing online that said your cat thinks of you as um, it's, it's its roommate, but it's ambivalent about your living there. <laughs> and I think that's like what I have to say I'm a little distrustful of people who don't like cats hmm. uh oh is that weird wait a minute I'm a, a little problem. I feel like a cat is a sign of uh, this is such a jerk thing to say but I feel like it's a sign of self-confidence because oh, it doesn't well, need, you're judging us because it doesn't our... no I no, love I, need the I validation. love dogs too there it yeah. is yeah <laughs> go wait, on um, anyway, I like the fact that my cat is like, and you are? Oh, the food guy? All right, fine. I kind of like that about him, but also he's so snuggly. <laughs> he's Wait a so minute. snuggly. Those seem very contradictory. I, know, well, I mean, he snuggles because he wants your body heat, mm-hmm. you know? Not um, your friendship? Yeah, like I feel like, I, I tell my wife this all the time that if I was like, let's move and leave the cat here, that the next people who moved in, he would be like, can you open a can? All right, I love you. <laughs> and I kind of like appreciate that, um survival instinct and that like ability to use people have you, ever, have you had a dog before yes when i was a kid we had a dog and you like the cat personality better yes i i like the dog too but i feel like with the dog you could be like wah, 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 and it's like wah, 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 wah. but with the cat you like have to <laughs> you like having to earn earn it yes i yes. like to earn it it's so interesting because dogs give it away my wife cats, is totally you know. a cat she's a cat person not uh-huh. like she's a, in, addicted to cats but her personality is feline and i like that like it's taken me years and years and years and years to earn her trust i actually really like that about her are you drawn to things and people that are kind of emotionally unavailable i'm curious by people that are emotionally unavailable yeah it's interesting as a woman you really want to be described as a cat much more than a dog Yes, yeah, and I feel like I'm much more of a dog personality. I think people tend to yeah, describe men as dogs, too. though, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's not a compliment. No. <laughs> right, but most men, they would say, like, they need a couple of basic things, right? Food, like sex. Is there a third one? <laughs> Beer. Beer or whatever, yeah. But like, they might be able, the emotional component might not have to be quite as strong, right? Right, right. All right. Around the table, dogs, cats, go. Dogs. I've always loved dogs. Well, actually, that's not true. I didn't like any animals till I was about 12. Then really? I liked dogs. I thought they were scary and did, had no place in the home. But then my mom got came home with a lab one day and I was like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Okay, I better get used to it. And then I learned to like, I just felt like dogs, especially our lab, like she was the greatest. Epi, is that her name? Ebby, yeah. Just the sweetest, most happy, kind, per- not person, but I felt like she was a person. <laughs> there we go. There was like, there, there was just like something about her that I just connected with. So then that. I suddenly was like, okay, I get it. So mm-hmm. dogs. Yeah. Oh, dogs. A hundred percent. I've never been around a cat long enough to know anything about them. That's Alan. Alan uh, that's Al moving the conference call along. So dogs, dogs. right? Okay. okay. So, so you're dogs. Okay, next, Alan? dogs. Yeah. And Alan, what dogs. about you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. 
Dog's butt. I. That's mostly because dog's butt. Oh my god. That's really dog's butt. Dog. <laughs> We're choosing the part of the dog. <laughs> no, it's but because I'm so allergic to cats. I've never been able to have a cat. Like if I walk into an apartment or a house and they have a cat, I'll immediately know. My eyes will start swelling shut and everything. So, uh, for that reason, I hate all cats. <laughs> wow, Daniel, that's just the cat. Wanting you to earn its affection. <laughs> you just have to work a little harder than yeah. the rest well, of us. Tough shit, cats. And, and Jeff, I, I think I know the answer. I like dogs and cats. I grew up around all kinds of animals. I like all animals except for geese, who are the total dicks of the animal world. One hundred percent. Geese are awful. They're the biggest. He hates them with a passion. They're the only I'm animal protected. that I really hate. Um, yeah. But I am a crazy cat guy. I have yeah. a bunch of cats, and I I love the shit out of my cats. Mm. I I feel like there's a story here, Al. Uh, why why yeah, such a they don't they don't a deserve, real emotional okay. Well, re- I grew up in the geese. in a suburbs of Chicago where you have like all of these retention ponds because you have flooding because it's the plains or whatever. But uh, these these geese just like live there, and then they own the space. And so you'd be walking on the sidewalk, and they come and hiss at you and attack you, and you can't fight back. Because then you like break the they're law because of this protected oh. animal. Yeah, it sounded like you wanted to fight back. <laughs> he wants Listen, to kill them. All. Everyone, I mean, they block traffic, and you can't like. Honk. I mean, it's just. I'm sorry. See, I love <laughs> ducks, but I do ducks not like fine. geese because geese are vicious. They they're will attack your ankles. Yeah, ducks yeah. are nicer, and, yeah. you, and you couldn't like kick them if they were attacking you. I mean, listen. I don't think so. Yeah. It sounds like you cannot. I, I oh. well, at least I lived in sort of like an upper middle class suburb. Like the police had nothing to do. Because so the way to handle we're not bully, look into the, those uh, like self defense <laughs> cases in, the, in, the, yeah. in Chicago on the on the geese. How front. to handle geese? The, the way to handle a bully is to punch him in the mouth. So right. no one's punching the geese, and they're just <laughs> being emboldened. Absolutely, because they're protected. Yo, because dog, they, I was punching the geese all night. <laughs> it's, it seems I'm going like, home to punch the geese after this podcast. What? <laughs> it seems like there's an opportunity for someone to breed like like a genetic super bird oh that God. like that goes after geese, and so like you can't go after the geese, but if but you, you can, but, but if you from kept within these, the animal like, kingdom, these like geese buster birds in your backyard, geese buster. Oh my God. The People in Chicago geese develop buster. a geese buster. Get it done. We'll just take it straight out to Chicago. I think Al's ready to sell door to door right now. I'll, I'll put money on that. Absolutely. What's a retention Allison, pond? <laughs> this is our best idea since Tony. Doodles. I know. I was thinking that. Yeah. Designer uh, birds. So, so what's so so, Grandpa? How did Chicago become under the rule of this <laughs> this mega bird called the geese buster? Like, eventually, it would well, turn on you, and it would it would start with yeah. geese, but then it would, it would yeah. rule Chicago. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, when Geese Nut became self aware. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm with Greg. What's a retention pond? Yeah, what's a retention pond, Al? So it's like when you build a neighborhood, you have a whole bunch of water runoff, and so. Um, whenever, whenever it rains a whole bunch, the the water has to collect somewhere. Otherwise, mm. it collects in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Isn't that basements are so such a Midwest thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So having a basement is so weird. People I miss don't, it. They don't really have basements. Were big no. in South no. Carolina. Were they as well? Yeah. Oh really? I miss basements. They're awesome. It was what? like it was awesome. Like you always wanted your friends to have a basement because basement is like. That's like code for kids' area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basement yes. is never Rumpus like where, room. where parents are hanging out. Yeah, so it's just basic, and it's and usually they're like half finished. So like yeah. the parents don't care if you wreck it. It's like you can yep. like tackle people into the wall, and it's and they're like always whatever. cold. They're always cold. The parents in just like yeah. close the door, and they just like whatever goes <laughs> on in the basement. Yeah, like no one true. asks about. Yikes! It. Did Nobody, you have one? 
No, no, no. I always had to like insinuate myself. You had into, to go destroy other people's yeah. basements. <laughs> Invitations to, to people who had basements. Um, is there a basement in the Alamo? <laughs> no. Nobody has basements. <laughs> in the basement. Nobody has basements in Arizona. And I had one friend who had a basement and he lived, he made that his bedroom. And it was like, it was as though he had his own apartment. It was that, the right, it was like when the Greg Brady thing. moved into wherever he moved. Yeah, it's like bachelor pad inside the parents' house or something. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of cool, I just want to float something past everyone. So everyone at this table, with the exception of Jeff, is a dog person. But there's one person at this table that we know was super cool back in the day, and that's Greg Cat Person Heller. <laughs> right, Jeff? I don't know where you f- fit into the social hierarchy in your school. I actually I did not say super cool about cool. myself. For you, the record. it no, was implied. But, it was implied. Uh, I'm so <laughs> sorry, I, but I've guys. seen pictures of how teasing. you look. You look like you could have been a cast member on Laguna Beach. Oh my gosh. And that the Adam Brody of his generation, and, and yes, and that short-lived MTV show Surf Girls. Ooh, I don't know that one. It was only on for one season. It was a bunch of girls who surfed, and Greg used to have long hair <laughs> with like blonde frosted tips. And they you were, were not super frosted cool. tips. That was the natural color of oh, my really? hair. Yeah, I never have That's dyed my hair. How cool you are! <laughs> so all I'm saying is, he's so cool. His hair frosted. He's so cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just wondering. All of us uncool people. <laughs> Alan and Jen, actually, I don't know if you were cool I was or not. not cool. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was popular until sophomore year when I learned what college was and was like, I'm out. And then I just focused on getting the heck out of high school. I was cool so. for one year when I was a cheerleader and then I quit cheer and they all turned on me. Oh, that yeah. sucks. It was brutal. What, what, what happened when they turned on you? They did not want to be my friend anymore. Just because Like you quit shunned. Cheer. Like I left the Why Amish did you quit farm. cheer? Uh, I realized that it wasn't going to get me anywhere that I wanted to go. Career-wise? Yeah. (laughs) I was really driven as a kid. And I was like, I want to get to college outside of Utah. I got to get good grades. Cheer's not helping me. I'm not that good at it. Yeah, but you could could cheer for an NFL team that take you anywhere you want to go. That's true. But I wasn't that good, and nor did I have that look it was all six flags for you (laughs) you get it you get it dustin were you cool no because you were younger than everyone right i was that wasn't i mean i like i was fine in high school but i went to like kind of a nerd school so it was like you know not really big like big fish in a nerd pond (laughs) Um, were you the big fish in the nerd pond though uh I, i was yeah i was popular amongst the nerds okay in a, in a nerd school is the cool kid the nerd yes because my sister went you, to high school in you korea went real 21 jump street there <laughs> <laughs> my sister sister went to high school in korea graduated and everything but the dumb kids were not popular those were the kids who were looked down on in school so you had to work really hard and get in all the higher up classes my former employer just got a boner jeff <laughs> were you popular I, I did all right. I wouldn't say I was a popular kid, but I wasn't unpopular. Like, I didn't have a bad high school experience. So I was like... Thus the all animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody likes me, except for the geese. Um, but yeah, I, I did all right, but I just... I, I didn't like high school, and I, I was into punk rock and hanging out at punk rock shows in the city, so I just... 
it wasn't really my scene, so I just kind of got out of there as soon as I could. That's the coolest when oh, high school geez. isn't your scene. I know. High school wasn't my scene, but it wasn't mm. my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I hated college. Really? What? Yeah, I, ha- I fucking hated. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get so passionate about it. Yeah, I hated Please college. Please do. I hate. I like regret having attended college. What? I That's wish I, so different. Than I made me. a couple of friends, but I hated college. Yeah. I, Why I liked, did you hate it? Um, I feel like everything I say is going to make me sound like an asshole. Ergo, I am. <laughs> No, um, I. You do have a drink named after you called the American <laughs> asshole, right? That's, like, I know that's true, Daniel. Yeah, I. <laughs> I felt like I was at a character audition that lasted for four years. Well, you went. So I went to Pomona College. You went to Pitzer. They're both part of the Claremont Colleges consortium, and Pitzer does have a reputation of. Or maybe well, explain what actually instead of me trying to put words in your mouth, explain what you mean by that because I think I know what you. I mean. I just meant like I I felt like you weren't allowed to look at somebody in college and say, "Oh, you're fucking lying." I felt like there's like an unspoken code in college where it was like nobody knows what we are, so anybody can do anything and you can't say anything about it. And I kind of went into college with an idea for better or for worse of I already felt like I knew what I was. Mm-hmm. So the experience to me A was God. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sort of yeah so the experience to me was like what are we doing here like i don't believe you're that and i don't believe you're that and i it felt like a very dishonest experience to me and i felt um i was the commencement speaker at my college wow not the not the like famous person but i was the like what's that called developed yeah, I was that guy. The valid, you were, you were in but the valedictorian. It's not, valid, though, it's, it's not valedictorian. It's college, like, student, or something? Students just choose the someone speaker. that they yeah. like. Yeah. The yeah. faculty chose me. As a speaker. Oh, wow. I knew oh. so little about my college Such that I remember person. my counselor called me and she was like, Dean Massey read your speech. And I was like, who's Dean Massey? I thought there was a person named Dean Massey. <laughs> they were like, that's the f- dean of the school, Greg. Yeah, there's like one guy named Dean at every school. <laughs> right. And my speech... Ours dean. was a woman, yeah. yeah. My speech oh, was basically like, in 20 years, you're all going to disagree with what you think now. So you might as well save yourself some time and open your mind. And like all of these kids in my class like booed. <laughs> What? And I remember a bunch of the parents were like clapping because I, that's actually what I thought when I was 22. I was like, you're not going to think any of this shit in five years. So why are you like wasting your life doing it? And a bunch of people come up to me afterwards and they were like, what a horrible thing to say at a commencement speech or whatever. And but did I, you say you didn't listen well, to a word I just said? <laughs> Open your freaking mind. But parents came up to me afterwards and, and they were like, oh, that's actually kind of what happened. But isn't that what right. college yeah. is supposed to be about, which is opening your mind? Yeah, but what I'm I telling you is I went into college with open a, your mind by closing your mind. Yeah, yeah, I went into college with like a closed mind. Yes. Right, so I hated it. I can't... Um, now, how much do you think that had to do specifically with Pitzer versus college, though? Because here's the thing. At the Claremont Colleges, you can take classes at any of the colleges. And Pitzer students were the one, as soon as the teacher would be like, are there any... Before the quest came out, like a pitcher student would have their hand in there and they're like, um, yes, I was just wondering when you mentioned like the rustle of language well, um, or like, you know, I noticed that um, so-and-so wrote in this and like these questions are just like, oh, you're right. asking a question to hear yourself talk. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. Allison, Shut it was up. a lot of that. And I also like experienced this thing in college. This is totally something we should not be talking about on the show because I'll talk about it for 10 hours. Well, like I went to college and all of a sudden people were saying things to me like, people from Texas suck. If you vote for that guy, you're an ass. 
And before that, I don't think I actually judged people that way. Uh-huh. Um, and I still, to this day, kind of don't understand the concept of being like, I hate Texas. Like those weird broad strokes that people paint in college where they're like, you voted for that guy? You're a jerk. And th- those so things like to me very were, judgmental. So, yeah, those things yeah. to me were part and of And not college. to get political, but that's one of the arguments of universities today yeah. where like they like are refusing to hear certain people speak and it's like, because you disagree with them? Right. That's, that's the exact opposite of what you're trying to get to with your education, right? And that's what yeah. I felt like I was trying to get to. And even now, like... I think you're trying to get to a national championship. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But I feel that way. I feel strongly that way now that when people will say, you know, that guy voted for somebody, I'm like, is he nice? Does he have anything interesting to say? And I just felt like that was not something you were allowed to do in college. Interesting. Well, See, I think that that has, to, that has to do with college, but I think it also specifically has to do with Pitzer. Probably. I mean, think? I can only speak to my experience. Why, did you, why yeah. did you choose a college over like a university or something? Um, I had bad grades. <laughs> I had bad grades. Um, but I had very polarized grades. Like I had, I was off, I did very well in English and languages. Yeah. But I didn't even make the minimum math requirements to apply to a UC. Hmm. So I I was in geometry my senior year of high school, Whoa. so I couldn't have applied. I what didn't have the qualifications to go to huh. school. So I needed a school that was like he he can write. So we'll take a chance on him. That's right. what I needed. Mm-hmm. That's what I that's I didn't get I didn't get in very many places. Hmm. I had bad grades. Well, because I I think what you're describing is also a liberal liberal arts very, colleges yeah. Are, yeah. are like more like that than maybe universities. Probably yeah. But I don't think that Pomona. Um, was as this is a very Claremont College and college applicant centric beginning of a show. I don't think Pomona was as um, didactic, for lack of a better word, than Pitzer was. I think that, or as bossy, as judgy. I think that Pomona was a little more aware that we didn't know everything, whereas like a Pitzer student would never admit that they don't know something. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Matt Nathanson went to Pitzer as well. He was, Matt was a show. close friend of mine at Pitzer. We were good friends at Pitzer. Yeah. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt Nathanson. He just posted a photo on Instagram in front of... Okay, now this is delving into like so hyper-local that even I tuned out. <laughs> um, anyway. Well, all right. I'll, so, I'll say on ahead. Greg's original point, I've felt... Uh, I feel like even when I was in college that uh, the, the purpose of college has become incredibly unclear to me oh, like yeah. even I, and i like i was fine about my college experience i enjoyed it but it like i in the back of my mind even while experiencing it i had this like sense of not really understanding what its purpose was other than it was like it was a box that that you have to yeah, check to yeah. kind of like go on in the game of life but like mm-hmm. i didn't you know and i was at a liberal arts school so some might argue like well you weren't you know trade, like yeah yeah you weren't like veering towards a particular career like some people at other schools but it just seems like it's become this like four-year party before you have to think about the more unpleasant things that lie beyond it and no one really wants to give that up because it's an awesome cushion and your parents will mostly pay for it or the government will give you a nice loan for you know whatever but it, it just it doesn't seem like colleges are super focused on uh you know, like preparing people for a vocation or, or, or to become adults or to lead productive lives. It just seems like it's like, 
you know, I, I guess it, it prepares you to be independent in some like super like anarchic way of just really? like, all right, we're going to create some physical separation between you and most authority figures. <laughs> and if you don't kill yourself in those four years, then we'll let you back out into like polite society. Yeah, right. like where and, it warehouses where, you for four years. <laughs> where, uh, you know, you'll be a little less wild or something. Uh, Did anyone else not, uh oh, this sentence has a lot of negatives in it. I had a real rocky time when I graduated trying to figure out, well, now what do I do and how do I do this? And I didn't realize how unprepared I was. I don't really blame the school for that, though. I just regard that as that's what happens when you get out. How was everyone else's immediate experience after graduation? I loved college. I thought it was like the time of my life. You went and to NYU just like Felicity, right? Yes, I did. Oh, Felicity. And I <laughs> and I loved college. I thought it was the best time ever. I enjoyed every class. I took it all in. I think... What did you major in? Producing and writing for TV. Um, and I loved it. And I did five internships in college. So I was pretty like focused on I'm going to get a job. And so... It actually worked out that it was not a tough transition mm-hmm. for me. I, I feel really lucky that I finished and three months later I was working at Daily Show. So it was like, it was really amazing. But uh, I know that that's not the case for everybody. But for me, it was great. Mm-hmm. I loved every minute. I wouldn't do it again. But I love thinking back. I'm like, man, it was so fun to intern and take the classes. And I was such a nerd about all of it. it I just is loved smart it. to... If you're going, I can see where if you're going to NYU and you want to work in the industry, being there and doing internships yeah. and stuff, I can see where that's like a, that would be a, a smoother transition. Yes. And that's the thing. Five internships was like, all, even they? my advisor was like, what are you, this is ridiculous. Uh, I did Martha Stewart show, Food Network, Late Show with David Letterman, Daily Show and CBS Casting. Wow. Yeah. Wow, what? that's crazy yeah. i know what shows did you that's like a dream resume in college yeah it was awesome for food network what'd you do paula dean oh right nice yeah yeah the best banana bread recipe ever jenna i haven't perfected it. yeah nice. did you ever hear her say anything racist no actually i only have nice things to say about her she was really nice i actually didn't work with her face to face ever but i talked to her on the phone a lot because i was in the office and not right. on set and uh, she was really nice. I guess define racist. And no one had... Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can tell you're white. You're good. <laughs> What's the secret to the banana bread? Is there one? Yeah. Uh, she just has a really good recipe. And I've, I've actually changed it a little bit and like it better. How many sticks of butter? No butter. A little bit what? of oil. Oh. But I actually but she says halved... Oil. Yes. I've halved the oil. I use half applesauce, half oil. Applesauce. And it makes it better. Mm. There you go. I don't believe mm-hmm. you. You're going to have to prove it. I'll bring some. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, what about you? Uh, you know, I worked full time going through school. And then uh, I didn't do any internships because no one really told me. And then when I said uh, I was going to do... I did my university in three years. Where did you go? Uh, Boise State for my undergrad and then uh they they said like the job market's terrible the housing market just crashed the the economy's the worst don't don't leave you're gonna you should stay in for another year and i i graduated anyway and then like two months later i just networked into a position so for me it was all networking you got to know somebody to get in because i got into a job that i wasn't qualified for that they would have never looked at me and uh i just went in and said take a chance on me and i'll deliver and then 
And what they, was that job? Uh, that was working for a company that owned a bunch of hospitals with physicians. And I had to go in as the corporate hired gun to tell them that they were transitioning from paper to computers. So I got to stare, you know, 50-year-old nurses in the face, and they would say, I will die before you implement that system in my hospital. <laughs> Whoa. And Why you were 23? So and I was, time? yeah, 23. Why wow. were they so opposed to it? Because they've done paper for 40 it. years or for 30 years, their entire nursing career. And then you're coming in and saying, everything you're doing on paper, you should type into that computer that you don't even own at your own home. <laughs> and they go like, yeah, right. I will fight you in it. And so I had to sit like in the CEO's office and the CFO's office. That's a really and, heavy job for, for a 23-year-old. It was pretty, it was like ridiculous. They just said like, good luck, fly on that plane. And so Monday through Friday, I would fly to different cities and uh and get yelled at and get and they would say like i hate <laughs> your family i hate i'm gonna i'm gonna hate your kids i hate everything you're it's doing it's like up, wow. up in the air I is that that, that yeah, yeah. I, when i saw up in the air i was like this he hits, loved that movie <laughs> this hits so close to home it's not even funny yeah, yeah. or uh have um have you seen that amy schumer nurses skit <laughs> no no but you uh, should look that up. but yeah i mean like when you say when they say like oh we don't have any cars i'm like but i'm a presidential member of your establishment and they would yeah. Your car rental? Yeah, car oh, rentals. Wow. Or like the, that exact conversation of like me walking up into like the preferred line when there's a line of 15 people waiting in their hotel room and somebody yells at me and says like, you can't cut in line. And I'm like, I've earned the right <laughs> to go to the front of the line. I'm platinum. Yeah, anyway. I feel like you're close to a falling down moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So. Um, here's the thing though. When you're stressed about your future and your job situation one thing you don't want to be uncomfortable about is your underwear i want to talk to you guys about me undies daniel you have me undies i and do you love them. i love them <laughs> daniel you have me undies <laughs> i have right? your undies that's right <laughs> but to, earlier today i really said how do you like your me undies i and love you them. said you love them absolutely they're great you'll never wear non me undies will you no, honestly, I've thought that, that they're going to put Calvin Klein out of business. They're way more comfortable than Calvin Klein, and they're, they're great. All right. Now I'm uncomfortable about the fact that you mentioned another brand. I'm not sure I need to be. They're better. I know. They're the best. Here's the thing. They're now introducing their All of Me collection, which is just for women. There's a four-piece line of underwear designed specifically for the female body. Me Undies is the most comfortable underwear made from the softest materials, and they make the most perfect thong, brief, boy short, and bikini. Perfect for whatever you do, lazing, dancing, taking over the world. I'm talking specifically about their All of Me collection, Greg. I saw you give me a weird look. Um, and there's free shipping inside the USA. So for 20% off your first order, Go to MeUndies.com slash Allison. That's MeUndies.com slash Allison. What? It just—it sounds like you're talking about the mountain range. You're like, we went to MeUndies <laughs> for the summer. We hiked to Machu Picchu. <laughs> just say it one more time. What's the name of the company? MeUndies. Greg, come on. Men, men with your self-confidence shouldn't be giggly about <laughs> women's underwear. Isn't it get, me, get it under control. MeUndies? Yeah. You say it. MeUndies. Me undies. Am I saying it weird? I'll say me undies. It's, it's me undies. <laughs> yeah. But you say me undies. It's just the emphasis is, is on the wrong syllable. Yeah. I'm yeah. so excited I become sing songy about it. Yeah, you were getting the little lucky charms with it. <laughs> oh. Me, excuse me. Me undies. <laughs> me undies. Me undies. Me undies. Is that what I'm saying? Can I, can I interest anyone in some me undies? I just made it. Me, what am I saying? Meundies. Meundies. Me, 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 me undies. 
And what should I be saying? I don't know. <laughs> this is my. I'm the worst at this. Yeah, Jenna does the same thing. So Andy. the same thing being what? Like you pronounces things yeah. wrong. Like the band U two. Say it U2. as though. What, what do you say? <laughs> what did you just say? U two. U two. The band. U two. U two. I went to go see U two. That's like how I YouTube. say TV wrong. It's TV, right? <laughs> <laughs> I say TV. Meundies. Was that right? Was that right? <laughs> Say it as though you are a pair of underwear and it's your autobiography. Me undies. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't, there's too much of a pause in between. It's one word. Me undies. Me undies. <laughs> I think it sounds fine. Thank you. Yeah, you're good. From now on, this Doesn't turned it, into it a podcast. It sounds like a town in Romania. <laughs> we spent the summer in me undies and we hiked all the way to Prague. From now on, the podcast is just us, Jenna. <laughs> just, saying, <laughs> just saying things just, wrong. Yeah, exactly. You two. <laughs> TV. TV. All right. Let's do you iTunes too. comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. This comment is from Sepper Sky 93 the headline is Lifesaver. I wake up early in the morning, 4.45 a.m., and get on the subway to university in the rush hour. You can't imagine my mood. Oh, I can, though. Sleepy, angry, almost going crazy. And one day, I started listening to your podcast. I just didn't see anyone else around me and didn't feel any anger. Just found myself laughing like crazy sometimes and enjoying your honest, amazingly superb podcast. They're so friendly, like I'm listening to my friends talking. That made me love them. Just want to thank you for making my mornings the best part of my days. Well, you are welcome thank you for your super nice comment you know recently daniel and i had to drive to a doctor's appointment um we had to be there at 5 45 a.m so mm-hmm. we left at 5 15 a.m and we were talking about actually how much we like that Being out that early yes yeah, it's nice and i was saying it's amazing that this time of day happens every single day i'll never see it again unless i have to <laughs> but there's something magical about being the only car on the road in la great it's but then you pointed out mm-hmm. debbie downer well this is the time that all the cars are stolen and crimes are committed that's right 4 a.m. right yeah i had i've had a car stolen twice and it was at 4 a.m. both times it is a pretty magical time of day though but i just can't imagine actually choosing to experience it every single day like some people I'm sure, yeah. So, he, I mean, he gets on the train that early or the subway because he has to. Is that yeah. person in Australia? I don't know, actually. Because they, they said, I'm on my way to university. Right. I think what? London is also, or England is also that way, too. Right. Canada, maybe. Oh, yeah. You always forget about Canada. There's a number of got so much less be. exotic. Maybe. American quickly. Samoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Australian and Canada. You. But that was one of you the two. nicest uh, comments of the week, I think. That was yeah. nice. It was, it was very, very nice. Especially nice. Thank yeah. you for your super nice comment. If you would like to leave us a nice iTunes comment, go for it. Click five stars. It's my favorite number. Uh, and uh, perhaps we'll read it on the show. I also want to pull something out of a hat. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick the topic and let's begin. It's the topic sombrero. 
All right. So who here was here for the discussion of Daniel's sobriety checkpoint experience? Because I'm now forgetting. You guys were were not not here. But we did listen to it. I was here. All right. So after we had that conversation, Alex from Brooklyn wrote in, best friends, I wasn't going to bring it up first, but since it did come up in the discussion, I have to point out that all I could think during the DUI checkpoint discussion was these are white laws. If my black ass tries to argue out of a breathalyzer, run from the police on a mountain bike, or tell a cop I have a body in my station wagon, I'll be lucky to only get arrested. I very well may get shot not blaming you guys since you're not the specific ones making it that way but yeah must be nice sorry for the bring down but making white liberals feel guilty is kind of all i have to get through the day sometimes <laughs> love the show well <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh, wow no no white un- liberal uh, <laughs> guilt on that one <laughs> Um, I, I believe I did have a comment during that discussion. No, we did about, talk yeah, about that, like, yeah. Like, blacks and Mexicans listening to this being like, I don't understand well, what they're talking right. about. And also, you know. during the experience, looking over and seeing o- only blacks and Mexicans sitting in the paddy wagon, like, I don't know. I felt, yeah. Very white? Yeah, I felt pretty white. Or, no, or are you saying you felt like well, you were getting a better I think treatment it's, from uh, the What cops. he's saying is it's white, you know, it's an example of white privilege that we right. don't have to worry about what totally. could really go wrong here. Right. Which is true. Um, yeah. I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> and it did seem like the cop was being kind of chummy with you, but then we went to dinner recently. He was Mexican, just to... Well, okay. But anyway, yeah. But still, it did seem like he was being chummy with you, but I don't know if that was just a cop tactic. I think that's a ta- that's cop I, tactic. It kind of seemed like it was. Definitely cop tactic. Right. I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was a decent, good, interesting point. Well, I think it's, it's in reaction, too, to the advice, um, turn down the breathalyzer. Yeah. Right. Like people were saying, if you if they say do the breathalyzer, say no and have right. a, And it's like if you say no to a cop and you're white, it's like, well, you know, they might just make. It, but if you're not white, it could, you know, go wrong. Right. I and, a, and a much- I actually wasn't on a mountain bike. The cops were on mountain bikes. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I also right. would like to take this opportunity to say that this person is right and I agree with them. That's yeah, <laughs> I think we all do. That's why I'm reading it. Yeah. It was interesting. Thank you, Alex in Brooklyn, for your... I think um, it, it bums us out to hear that because of everything that's going on yeah. in, in this country right now. It's just, it's just such a shitty situation, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, fu- it's, it's funny. It's definitely... Fu- no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what can you do? Well, I wonder, I mean, it like I I have, you know, from time to time, like and even before the sort of the recent like uh, fervor, stuff, yeah. yeah, over uh, sort of police misconduct. Um, it's like whenever there'd be, you know, a, like police beating or something like that, it's like you hear these stories come out that uh, like of of black people being like, I don't know why this is a story. Like every black person in America knows that like, you know, you get these random harassments, like that's just part of your life. Um, and uh, it's, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it does bum me out and I just, I feel like I wouldn't like we're, you know, it's like, I feel like as a, you always want to be like, well, just, you know, be patient and show them respect and, you know, like you'll just get through it. But like imagining myself in their shoes, like I can say for a fact, I am not equipped to be able to handle that. Like if I were right. harassed like three times a year oh, I rem- for stuff that I didn't do, and then like I were accused of being someone I didn't remotely look like and were like put down on the ground in a public place and like humiliated, like I, I would not 
handle that with grace but it, with uh, anything. I don't right? think it's always the situation where they were talking back or doing anything. I think that sometimes they do cooperate. You know, a person, and they just get harassed anyway. I think that's what co- Dustin's saying. I know, that's why oh, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I would yeah. not have the, like, you know, internal fortitude oh, in to, that just, situation, to yeah. just deal with that. Right, like, right. I would be, like, blowing up. Yeah. Um, I and, do wonder, actually. And I, yeah. I should ask Alex, like, how do you deal with that? How do, because I remember, I don't know if it was around the time that I was interviewing LeVar Burton. I think it might have been, I think I was thinking about things in, in relation to, some of the research I was doing before that episode. I don't know. I just know that I was walking around one day and I had this this feeling that was so strong. And it was, if I were black or Mexican, I would be angry all the time. How are you not angry all the time? I know. I've thought that too. I've I've even thought that after watching um, the Ken Burns documentary, The West, and feeling like it is unbelievable to me that Native Americans are not constantly bombing federal buildings and shit like i would be angry every second of my life well, I, have, I have a question your siblings are black yes how, how 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 do they deal with uh all the stuff we're talking about um well the oldest he's 25 and you know i think that he has resentment about it but he moved out of the country so he's in a place where he's in central america now where it's not as big an issue. Um, the middle one, he's, he's just one of these guys who's kind of just does things don't seem to phase him. You know, I know that he, he deals with it. You can't not deal with it. It being racism. Yeah. Racism, but I, it, it doesn't, it's not something that I ever hear him talk about. Um, so I don't know if that means that he just keeps it in or he, he doesn't really think too much about it. Uh, and then the youngest, she, I've never heard her say anything about it, so I can't really, I heard her say something about it. She was talking about an experience in school where something, they were talking about someone who was black and she said that everyone turned to her. Like, what's your opinion of this as a black person? Yeah. Which is essentially uh what I'm doing right now. And I feel uncomfortable about that. Well, I, I think that there is that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when we were, you were doing a live show at your last job and, um, I was sitting in the back and um, Adam was talking about uh, making some joke about black people and said, oh, you know, that guy, he's black. And he pointed to the um, waiter and he was like the only black guy in the entire. And I've just felt like you may not be doing anything overtly racist here, but that guy right now must feel like shit because everybody's staring at him and thinking of him as an other right now. That and happens. Just, That's very common in TV. You know, a lot of times you like you'll, you'll write a joke and you'll look to the black writer in the room and you'll be like, "Is this one okay, Steve?" And it's like, it's really not okay. <laughs> have, but you do story. sort of intuitively do that, and it's shit. It's a real shit thing to do, <laughs> but it? for some reason, it's our instinct. I knew someone who worked at a soap opera, and um, this. So you know how on on scripted television or film, whenever they do rewrites, they deliver pages that are different colors. Mm. And there was a director on the show who was just like, he was always making jokes and everything. And there was this, <laughs> there was this girl who would deliver the pages, uh, the colored pages, um, and she was black. And he goes, oh, look, here's the colored paper girl. And everybody was like, oh, and as he was saying, apparently so as he was saying it, he was like, oh, no. <laughs> and and oh, it was just gosh. one of those things where everybody's just like, <laughs> you cannot, you cannot apologize for that because it, it like underlines gosh. how awful a thing that is to say. Oh. You know, there's a term in editing 
that's um, when you're coloring a show called Crushing the Blacks. That's a real, that's a very common term. What does that mean? It means to really like make, it's a contrast. It make, means to make the blacks very dense blacks as right. opposed to like a softer black. And every time an editor will sit, like a guy will be like, do you think we should crush the blacks? I'm always like, are we going to crush the blacks? <laughs> We're going to crush all of the blacks. It's like such a horrible term. I don't know why they haven't fucking changed it yet. They should yeah. update like, you think that. they just be like, do you want to like Uplift. something the blacks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to help the blacks? <laughs> Yeah. Can I ask everyone a question? The I want to ask all the white people at this table. You mean only the all white people? All of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I'm asking this also because I want black people to hear it. But do you, are you on, like, obviously I would go up to any white person I know and say, Daniel, you look like this guy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that it is impossible to tell a black person they look like someone else? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. No. <laughs> This is a very uncomfortable. Just it is. I know. I just. I, th- I think it's a function of. I mean, I, like experience. Not that I'm like you know, like a big part of like the African American community of L.A. or any. But like my high school was majority black, and so I. I mean, I feel like I feel like if you've been in some experience in your life where it's you know like you like. Where you're the minority. Yeah, you know, or like, I mean, it just, it teaches you to sort of distinguish. I think the reason that you would feel uncomfortable is if you just like, don't like, haven't interacted with a lot of black people or not on a regular. Because they can look, a black person can look like another person. Yeah. No, I think it's more just you're afraid of how they're going to interpret. That's what I'm afraid of. It's more that like, I just don't, want them to think I'm being offensive. Like you don't want this them to actually, think you're suggesting that all black people look alike. Right. That's which is fear. because that's the fear of doing that. But the other day, weren't we talking about someone on TV and I said, that guy looks like common. And then I felt bad. And then like 10 minutes later, e- we were watching ESPN and yeah, they're and like, this guy so looks like, like Shaq and all those guys. Yeah. yeah put, put two pictures next to each and other. And I was like, Thank you. He does look like common. I, I would actually argue that like part of breaking down the racial divide is becoming comfortable with that construct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I would I actually would. say that that's, I've, and I've felt uncomfortable doing it before too. I told a guy like a couple years ago, I was like, you know, you look like Q-tip from a Tribe Called Quest. And he goes, no, I don't. And I was like, oh, you totally do. And I could tell he was like kind of pissy at me about mm-hmm. it. Um, but I feel like that's a thing that I, should be okay. I've worked with a lot of black people and I find that they're, they're way more um, I don't know. Already what the uncomfortable word is. with this sentence. No, they're way more tolerant. Deeply uncomfortable. And they're, they're way. They're way. <laughs> they have better sense of humor than white people tend to give credit to them for. Like I think that yeah. I think that white people tend to be real uptight and walk on eggshells and oh my god I can't say this yeah. and it's like I you know I don't think that yeah, I don't know. We're also so Los Angeles. Yeah, it might so, be L.A. So so Los Angeles. Well, I, I, yeah, I just think it comes like it, I think there is a difference though in like how like a group of black people would like give each other shit about how you look and like how it would come off if a white person said it. But if it's like a white person who like grew up in a black community and it's like, I just think that you can sense someone who has that like comfort, comfort level. Right. Um, and, and like, you know, kind of understands the culture and has interacted with, you know, like, uh, someone like who's down tons well, of people from that community yeah, someone down? who's down and, down? and down. someone who's not and it's not like and, and if you're down then everyone's good with you well, and if you're it, not then th- it's gonna come off weird think of like a, another uh, if a white person came up to me and they're super uncomfortable and they're like completely nervous and they say something to me I'm going to feel nervous and uncomfortable 
And it's not a, It's like So it's the well, energy people, You approach it with There are people Who have to let me know How down with Jews they are And I'm like That's great I'm barely Jewish Even though I'm 100% Jewish But it's complicated To listen to every Podcast episode recently Where I <laughs> seem to find myself Talking about it um, And I find that I get that I get where they're coming from but i don't appreciate it i don't appreciate this like i'm so happy you have a lot of jewish friends <laughs> that and happens. that you love the jewish culture that it happens makes, with mormons too right it absolutely it does. happens right. all the time all yeah. the time but I'm just, that's the point like if you're comfortable with someone you would never like you would never be trying to prove how down you are like right. people who hang out with jews all the time like wouldn't address a jew by being like i really respect your religion i think the <laughs> old so testament one the has some ones. great stuff in it like, right. well, hi i'm bro that's what's up how, like that's not how jews talk to each and other all, like and also saying that implies that it's some revelation to you too it's like right I, I, hey what what do you know oh i my like God, Jews. you don't actually hate me just yeah. before you've met me thank you um but i think there shouldn't really be anything intrinsically wrong with someone trying to show you that they don't have hate in their heart so i don't know why it makes me uncomfortable i think it's just that sudden realization that they see me as, as a jew yeah, yeah they see me as something different but so what's your experience as mormons with this What's your experience, hun? Uh, like as far as someone hating me for being no, not, not hating you. No, I just trying mean, to show that they don't hate you, but it comes yeah. across as like you guys were saying that you have a lot of well, it's always, nice. for Mormons. It's always a little bit condescending. It feels a yeah, little bit condescending. Typically. Like, oh my gosh, I know Mormons, and they, you know what? They're such nice people, <laughs> and you're like, yeah great like it almost makes it feel like you don't have a personality right because it's like well oh, you're in this little box of nice people that all do the same thing and it's so, also you live in los angeles where you are like in the vast minority so there yes. yeah i would imagine there's total like condescension about Big it time. right yeah. i just think anytime you you're talking to an individual and you are talking to them um as though they are the group a group then it's dehumanizing in a way. No yeah. matter what, if it's a religion or a race or whatever, it's so that's why it's like that. It, you just approach the person as a person, and you're fine. Um, do you know who? So wait, sorry, was was me broing down with you guys about loving Poston on the last episode? Was that super <laughs> condescending? I, I, no, I felt like that we connected. I felt like on we finally level. had yeah because yeah. I really a new do commonality. Like no, I I I've like never had too. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my best friends like post them. <laughs> uh, I grew up part of my life in Korea, and it was interesting growing up there being, uh, like, not being me, but there's a lot of racism in Korea as far as, like, they're very homogenous, and mm. they like... And nobody thought you were Korean. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like you're like I know, look at me. The most non-Korean person. I know, I know. But um, I felt bad because... We were pretty well off, and my dad was a little bit more well-known, so we were fine. But they, there was a lot of racism, especially because we lived near the army base of like black pe- Koreans being pretty awful to black people. Mm-hmm. And I used to like hate it. Like As a kid, it would infuriate me, because one of my biggest pet peeves in life in general is when people think they're better than other people for no, for no reason. And so growing up as a kid, I always like... That would make me so mad even as a kid. So I do feel pretty sensitive about these things. Because like we would even, sometimes we would see like if we saw a black army guy trying to get a cab, they wouldn't stop for him. And so we would as kids like stop the cab and be like, you're giving this guy a ride, like deal with it. And so 
for me, it's an incredibly frustrating issue because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Nobody is better than anybody. And I'm not saying Koreans are racist. That's, I'm not trying to say that at all. I just saw That's it what I'm as uh, Korean. I know, I feel bad. I, I love Korea. Korea and I love Koreans. I don't know about Korea, but I've been in Japan and I found a lot of that. Yeah, and I mean, China, it happens. The, but I mean, does it, do, you're Jewish. Did you have grandparents? Were they racist? Um, You know, I didn't. Uh, my my grandfather did say Schwarza. Yeah, I mean that's the N word in Yiddish. I mean, and it's sort of like this institutional thing that you partially go, oh, that's just old Jews, or oh, that's just Koreans. It is technically racism. But he didn't. Can I express how uncomfortable I am with so much? I know this right? is deep. This is a deep new best friend. I know. Deep. I'll let you off the hook in a sec with it. I didn't by incriminating myself. I didn't realize though that that was the N word in Yiddish because it wasn't like he would say something hate filled with that word. It's just that I knew what that word meant, but I was told because it's the word for black in German. It's only I mean I I, I get it now. I think it's so old school. It like it it predates the N word almost, and it's more like like light colored or Negro or whatever. Where it was like it. It was the word it, that was it used. Just, it was like it totally like, you know, imbued with racism, but it was stated not in a hateful tone, just in a matter of fact tone of mm-hmm. like, that's how those people were referred to by white people like back right. in the day, whether you were saying something nice or not nice or whatever. I, like, you know, and to incriminate myself again, um, I, that was my take on the Paula Deen situation, not knowing anything about her one way or the other, but just kind of like the fact that you know there hadn't been a history of this and there wasn't a bunch of like follow-on allegations that came out or like you know black staffers or people who knew her being like you know yeah it's like i couldn't be around her or whatever it was just that like if you're of a certain generation like racism was kind of baked into you at on some level Mm -hmm. like that's like i growing up in the south and that you know wasn't that long like in the 80s i mean like those words were used not as like invective that it's that they were just conversational words like not that long ago like not that it was you know not saying that as an excuse it's just like it you know i think it like it takes a while between when society realizes like oh this isn't a good thing and culturally for that to kind of like sweep through and and like update you know it's like right. it's it's not as quick of a process as we imagine it to be yeah um, so it's like your grandparents are just going to be like, what? I just, I've since for forty years I've been saying the saying these people are this. Like what, what? Like what am I supposed to do differently now? Um, I, I want to tell one quick story here. I know that we're, we're talking a long a lot about this, but I had a really interesting experience when I was like twenty twenty two. I was at a bar in Northern Ireland, and I was sitting next to a guy, and we drank for a couple of hours together. And he eventually told me that he was a boxer, and he told me that he had lived in America for a while. And that he had trained in New York. And I was like, oh, whereabouts in New York? And he said, I was training at a gym in Crown Heights. And I said, why did you leave? And he said, you know, I just couldn't get along with them fucking Jews. <laughs> and, he was sitting, and he looked at me and he goes, and you might be Jewish yourself. And I'm just telling you how I feel. And it was like the most honest, maybe quintessentially Irish experience that you could ever have. And I like sat there and I drank with the guy for a couple of hours. There is something very liberating about somebody saying like, I generally just don't like you like because that entire bullshit subtext is stripped away. Right. Well, I, cause I think that that's the subtext that 
often, I don't know if I should say you or that I, because I don't know if I'm talking about more than me, but I think that's the subtext that you suspect is there when someone's letting you know how down they are with your group is that I don't believe you. I actually think that you feel like this Irish guy feels. So maybe there is some comfort in someone just being straightforward about it as as opposed to treating you in a condescending bullshit different way. Then you're like, I don't. This guy was way bigger than me. So I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think... That that person you sat in a drink with him, do you, I mean, is he going to, is that experience something that he'll look back on and go like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Was wrong. Maybe. Maybe. You know? I, don't know. I don't know if I'm in control of that or not. Right. At that moment, I wasn't like, well, I'm representing all of us now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, you know, you always wonder. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like people who hate a whole group have the ability to to compartmentalize and to be like, well, he's one of the good ones. But on the whole, Which I don't like so what your people do. Which is so crazy to me. It's I crazy. know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Racism is really weird. It <laughs> is. It's really weird. It's hard to talk about without feeling super uncomfortable. And I think I can speak for all of us. It's because I think that all of us are pretty... I don't know that anyone is 100% free of racism. And I think that actually that screams racism if you claim that you are. But I think that we all... <laughs> want to make want to make it clear that we don't tr- we try not to discriminate and we try not right. to be racist and we all are like good open-hearted people who happen to be extremely white so it that's just why feels like running right through now. a minefield you know yeah. you just yeah. like it, it, you can't think of all the geometry of how to say what you feel without accidentally you know treading on privilege and right. maybe characterizing somebody as a group and offending them or to, it's just so hard well yeah. as a white girl who grew up in provo utah <laughs> i feel like i'm the authority on this stuff. oh yeah. god so you should you should Ugh. you should really make hay with the korea thing listen <laughs> oh my gosh i feel terrible already because of that i love korea i have family who's korean i have lots of asian family so no, i don't that's mean what that what I'm, saying. Yeah. what I'm saying is you should like sort of how i have to let everyone know that i was born in oakland <laughs> even though i only lived there for a year but it gives me immense cred i think right i'm down right. i'm just yeah. saying like <laughs> yeah you have the white girl in provo utah thing yes. but you're from korea right i was born you're there you're very multi-part yeah. my, yeah. my middle name's kim your that's first right. word was actually a freestyle i think <laughs> mine was yes yeah. Definitely. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let's talk about Squarespace for a moment because I think that we could all stand to have a better looking website. And I've mentioned this before. I've been doing a lot of research on website design. And whenever I land upon a website that I think looks good, nine times out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, lo and behold, it is Squarespace. I mentioned I went to the dentist recently after a long time and I couldn't find his phone number. And I'm like, I bet this just shows how long it had been since I've been. I bet I bet he has a website now because that's a thing. And I looked it up and it was so well designed. It had a picture of the waiting room and it had information about him. It explained why he has chosen the pineapple as his logo. Uh, it represents a lot of things for him personally and just in general. But you'll notice bottom, nobody's asking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Because he lays it out so clearly. Okay. Anyway, though, at the okay. bottom it said Squarespace. And then when I was in there, I was like, well, now I have a thing to talk to you about, your Squarespace website. And he loved it because uh, it was easy to design and it looked really good. And he had a lot of thoughts about the... He didn't want a flashy website because, as he explained, that's just not him. <laughs> He's like, you'll notice. I didn't choose flashy colors. And I was like, what are the flashy colors? But he just wanted something that looked clean and professional 
but not flashy because that's not him but even if but if that pineapple's kind of flashy but it's kind of an understated <laughs> pineapple honestly oh is it, it really is weird it's, it's like, not one of those loud pineapples yeah i just feel like <laughs> it's, of the fruits it's kind of like in your this face is a you're right bit. it's not yeah. an orange or well, something right and let's that not generalize one. about pineapples here jenna <laughs> Squarespace oh, is simple, great. powerful, beautiful. It offers beautiful templates, integration with Google Apps and Getty Images. And this is important. Squarespace, Squarespace sites all feature responsive design. So your website will scale to look great on every device, every time. They have cover pages, features that allow you to set a beautiful one-page online presentation in minutes. Every website comes with a free online store. Squarespace offers 24-7 support via live chat and email. For only $8 a month, you get a free domain when you buy Squarespace for the year. For a free trial with no credit card required. And to start building your website today, go to squarespace.com, use the code best friend, that's all one word, best friend, and you will get 10% off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com, use the code best friend, do it, Squarespace, build it beautiful. Okay. All right. What, what uncomfortable thing do we want to get back to talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, why are you uncomfortable? For, this, for the reason you mentioned, it, yeah. that I feel like a discussion of race. Especially when you're extremely white in a room full of white people. I'm just afraid that I'll accidentally say something that makes me sound like an asshole. But I think that that fear is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, there's a lot of white people, I think, who are like, you know what? Fuck it. I should be able to say whatever I want. And if I hurt someone's feelings, fuck them. And I don't agree with that at all. I think in general, hey, let's try not to be assholes in this world. Let's try not to hurt people's feelings. If someone prefers a certain term to describe their group or them, let's let's. Let them decide that. I'm not right. someone who's like, I demand to be able to use an antiquated term just because it's my right. Um, but I think, and I think that if the trade-off for civil rights and for progression is yeah. that a bunch of people are uncomfortable and afraid they'll say the wrong thing, that's a fine trade-off. I just happen to be one of those people who's now, a f- I'm just, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. and I don't want to sound like an asshole. That's my thing. Well, it's, I think it's an interesting, like implied question. Like, would this discussion be more comfortable if we weren't all white? Like if it yes. were a mixed group? I think it, I think so. Yeah. I, I actually don't think so. I mean, so. I know, like, I, I know that you're black and Jenna's Korean. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think that's why there's so little, like, you know productive dialogue on racism because like whether the panel's all one race mixed race it's like because i mean if if like if we did represent different races then we'd have that issue where it's like where we were like speaking as categories instead of as people and and yeah i know it's like you don't want to do that you just want to say like oh i'm just an individual this is my experience but then like there's only so many people you can fit on a panel. And so it's like categories speaking to each other. But then... Well, when we were at Time Out New York, I was always uncomfortable with the like, we need more... We need to find a black person for this. We need to find a... Like if they were doing a photo of, you know, best bars in New York, it's like, there's no black people on this. And there's it's like the fact that you would be setting out just to find someone based on color of their skin or gender, that always made me uncomfortable. Um, although again, I understand where they're coming from, but it just feels like it does. Well, it does feel like tokenism and, in a way. Yeah, well, and that's mm-hmm. such a magazine convention too. Like, if you're going to do a list of like best fifty or best twenty five or whatever people, it's like there. It, there's just like a certain ratio that just every magazine like writer and editor understands. It's like, do you have the black people in there? Do you have the Mexicans? Don't turn it in until you do. Like, 
um, which is, yeah, also weird and, like, I feel it like... feels racist. Yeah, racist in some way. Um, you know, like, you know, top 25 up-and-coming hockey players. Like, where's the Mexicans in this list? You know, like... Um, <laughs> there are none. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't, it's, it just, it feels like it's a, it's just an issue that resists like, because it's like an issue where you comfortable conversation where it's like, you're not allowed to be an individual in it. Like, right. it's like it, like yeah. it, it naturally just flows towards like categories because you're talking about the, I mean, racism is uh, race is a category. So when you talk about it automatically, like you're kind of eliminating all the nuance around that, you know, that a race is like a bunch of different people that are all different and there are, are all people. Right. And so when you're talking about the race and not the person, it's like already you've lost. I think the I reason think I that I that, would, yeah. yeah, the reason that I would feel more comfortable if we weren't all white is because I think that for us to be sitting here trying to talk about the experience of being something other than white in this country, it's like, we, I don't think we can really know, even though we can, no. infer and listen and imagine what it would be like and i think that it would i think the worst yeah. thing you can do is to tell somebody whether you're a guy and you're talking to a woman or you're you know one race talking to another race or one is is tell them what their experience is or what it isn't right it's like you just need to listen and the worst thing you can do is say no you're not experiencing this correctly or you're not interpreting this correctly it's like what the fuck do you know yeah you know so all we can talk about is you know our you know, experiences not having that experience, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> right. Our but eczema. Right. But to, to give ourselves credit, I feel like we've mostly talked about what it's like to be white people worried about racism. We're like, I don't feel yeah. like we've had to inter- we've tried to right. interpret it's someone really else's It's really hard for experience. us, guys. Yeah. yeah, you don't understand <laughs> the burden really we live <laughs> under. <laughs> We're going to riot tonight in Hollywood because we can't talk openly about this. <laughs> Do you know who uh, Tracy Edmonds is? She's she no. used to be married to Babyface. Do you know who Babyface uh-huh. is? Yeah. He's a singer with a baby face. <laughs> Literally she, a baby face. She used to have a production company and she called me in one time to show run a show for her. She wanted to interview me. And before I went in there, I was like, I I'm gonna use the word black the whole time. So I walk into this room and there's like eight black dudes in this giant office, and Tracy Edmonds is there with a diamond ring on that's like the size of a like a baseball. And she goes, Tell me what you know about the show. And there's like eight black dudes staring at me, right? And I go, I know it's a black real world with an all black cast and it's shooting at an all black college in the South. And that's really all all I know. And she takes a long pause and she goes, it is an African-American real world. (laughs) We are shooting it at an African-American college and it does have an all African-American cast. And I was like, well, I'm not changing horses midstream, Tracy Edmonds. Let's have a fucking meeting. And for half an hour, she said African-American and I said black. And it was like the... Most awkward meeting of all time. Wow. But I felt like if I had started to say African-American, I would have become a jerk and a sellout. An Uncle Tom, essentially. <laughs> I just, sorry, too soon? But Wait, why I, did you feel like that? Because I, I don't actually say that word in, in real life. Most, I just don't. Um, I don't know if that's racist or not, but I've never had Wait, a problem with Wait, is she with black it. or not? She is 100%. Well, I don't know. She's like mostly black as far as I can tell. She's, she's a black. But that wouldn't then cue to you that, oh, I should just use the word that she wants to use? I just felt like a sellout. Do you think she respected you? She offered me the fucking job. Well, there you go. <laughs> but probably not. No, she just needed somebody to do the job. I passed. Did you do it? Did you take it? No, I passed. I passed. Oh, you passed. I didn't want to do it. And I passed. I passed. But that did happen. Because you're racist? 
Yeah, because I was like, come on, seriously, you guys? Why are there no white people on the show? I felt like they didn't have enough whites. <laughs> I really backed into a corner. Are there any drops or anything? Or like, <laughs> no, yeah, we're yeah where's that slide whistle? Yeah, now? where's our black cat? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, Just me or everyone? Racist? All right, <laughs> moving on to something completely everyone. light. Yeah, lighthearted. Uh, which we didn't get to talk about on the last show. You guys watched the pay-per-view fight, right? Oh, yeah, this very lighthearted. This will be a little old. But, uh... Pacquiao, yeah, I so know. So the black little... guy beats up the Mexican, <laughs> and then what happened? Filipino. <laughs> like I said, he's a Pacific Mexican. <laughs> I think everyone knows uh, I'm not really a sports person, but I actually, I know it's shocking. Did, any, did no one else bought the fight you didn't watch no, it you didn't? I, no. no I was invited to a party where they were gonna buy it but we didn't go mm. we watched we were, The Godfather I really prefer that it doesn't get out that I saw it for the first time that's oh, also a suitable replacement for the fight I would support that <laughs> you didn't actually. have to admit it was the first time I know In but fact, I just did The Godfather yeah. is probably better than the fight it's, a, totally it's amazing honest. that I had never seen it. It's not amazing considering how many things I haven't seen, but what an amazing movie, but everyone already knows that. Hey, everybody, yeah, right? guess what? <laughs> Godfather, great movie. Yeah, I recommend it if you haven't seen it, even though everyone has. I don't hold so, that against you, though, because you I, don't? I feel like... I feel like, like now I understand so much more, so many references. I don't think exactly. The Godfather is necessarily exactly. a movie everybody has seen, not like I Star do. Wars. And certainly more men than women. Because men like to refer to it, and women tend to be like, ah, I don't really. Doesn't get it. everybody have care. a f- super famous movie they've never seen? Everybody, yeah, does. absolutely. Yes, had, yeah, yeah. or There's lots plenty. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to introduce Jenna to the to the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw it first time with him. Have last you seen year. the whole trilogy? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, she can't really make it through number two or three. So. <laughs> How come? I know I three know. is bad, but how come not two? Uh, I, 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 I don't, don't think I really sat her down and yeah. made her watch it. Oh. Yeah. See, now I'm excited to watch number two. Yeah. Yes. Leave the gun. Take the cannolis. That was in one. <laughs> that's what, that's yeah. I got to tell Jen all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he so. says that a lot. <laughs> We're taking but, this to the mattresses. Anyway, go on. Back, back to the fight. Too. Yeah, how was it? Tell us about it. Uh, so it boring. Lame. That's what I heard. Everyone is tweeting that it was super boring. Oh my gosh. It was infuriating. It was not like any Rocky I'd ever seen. <laughs> I was super excited because I grew up in the Mike Tyson era and I talked about this on our podcast and I was too young my parents wouldn't buy the fights, and I was too young to to do any of that kind of stuff. But I liked uh, Mike Tyson and all that, and so I was like ready for this to be like a Tyson Holyfield fight, and it was the worst. It was Mayweather like just, just like ran away. They just kind of like tapped each other a few times, and like they didn't even seem tired after the fight. Yeah, they didn't even the, seem like they did anything. The little guys, the, I, the that kind They're of boxing welterweight, is boring. Yeah. The welterweight, it's not as exciting as the heavyweights. No, it was really. I want to see. I want to see a Klitschko versus Mayweather. That's a fight I would yeah. watch. Well, and then I think uh, <laughs> what was weird is uh, Tecate, I think they sponsored the whole thing. And then and like the state of Mexico or the country of Mexico sponsored it. So right off the what? bat, they sang the Mexican national anthem. The whole country sponsored. Yeah, like you, the, like the, you can do that. Like the Mexico, not like not like the the country of Mexico, but like Mexico boxing sponsor oh, this match. Oh, interesting. And so they said like, okay, we're going to start this and we're going to sing uh, the Mexico national anthem. And they said this, his like somebody, his the, this Latino guy came out and sang the Mexican national anthem, and I was like, "This is America! <laughs> this is an American yeah, fight in America." Yeah, but they sang the the Philippines the, national then anthem they sang the as well. Fighters and but boxing is huge the in the Mexican. It is exactly. Culture. It is, but something just like just a, I'm a patriot. I love America. <laughs> sing our song. Well, anyway. didn't they also sing? They our did. Jamie Foxx sang it. I yeah, want to know poorly. what the Filipino national anthem sounds great. like. 
You guys um, are going to have to hire security to stand outside you of your imagine. house next week. What's that? <laughs> it was not a... I know. It was, I don't think... I think the problem with national anthems is if you aren't from that country and you didn't grow up hearing it, the emotional tie is not there. So what listening some, to those though, other that, ones, you're like, mm, okay. There are some <laughs> that are nice to listen to, though. There are some that have... How, how many do you know? Yeah. All um, of them. All of them. <laughs> my well, no. Sister. I mean, I watch the Olympics. I've heard. Yeah, that's so, true, You know, yes. the, the Russian and the Canadian. That one's and Canada. The, yeah. yeah. Jenna, do you know the Korean one? I don't. Um, but my sister lives in Thailand and speaks fluent Thai, and she's kind of famous over there. And so, because you have to explain why, right? Oh yes, her husband is Thai, and he's famous. He's a symphony conductor, and she's a singer. And he's famous because he's a writer also and has written... He's basically introduced like the self-help genre to the entire country of Thailand. Isn't he like the Tony Robbins of Thailand? Yes, he is. And (laughs) so they travel and speak. And my sister is a singer. And so... And she speaks really beautiful beautiful Thai. So she sings the... She recorded the like official national anthem for Thailand. And it's played before like every big event. And in the movie theaters, it's played before every movie is shown. So my sister's voice is like... It's actually a really And it's actually a beautiful song. So I do understand what you're saying, actually. I think a lot of them are really nice. But also my sister sings it. So there's that Thai. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. It just caught me off guard. I just went in there feeling like boxing let's do this he was feeling very like, rocky we're yeah. not starting with with our own national anthem that's right uh, that's all that's all i'm saying <laughs> i'm sorry i love america oh, man i'm sorry i'm a patriot well, they, 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 country. they pro, closed with country. it al it was the headliner yeah. and that's maybe because jamie fox did it and like beyonce's in the stand and we're like what are we doing yeah, yeah. You know, it was a little bit you know, lackluster yeah. the national anthem Mariah a lot of people like were right tweeting there. about what that. are we doing yeah anyway it was a star-studded fight Unbelievably, you, so. there was like a picture of La- McCarran National Airport where uh, they couldn't park all of the private planes. They were like stacking <laughs> oh them on top. There of There were each too other. many yeah. private jets at the airport. Yeah. So anyway, the fight was lame, and uh, if they fight again, I won't pay for it. They missed a huge opportunity. Yeah, people all these are people tweeting that boxing's over now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't been, imagine that's. The it's case, been headed but. that direction for a while. It's just not as exciting. Honestly, it was. I've never really watched boxing ever, and I was incredibly disappointed. And I don't care. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, you disappointed someone who doesn't Had care. No expectations. Yeah. And so, like, you would think at least I would have gotten into sort of the pomp and excitement of it all, but no. I, I made, was like, I made Jenna watch. What a uh, letdown! All of the knockouts of Mike Tyson right after. Yeah, he did. Just so I was like, this is what I was going for, and we. <laughs> If we had an American heavyweight who was a contender, people would be into boxing. Absolutely. It's just, it's, but it's all the Klitschko's now, right? Like, it's not... Who cares? Mm. All right. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Jay says, just me or everyone, when I get a coffee, I have to line up the seam on the cup and the sleeve so that my hand does not touch it. Just well, I, I don't No, I don't have the thing about my hand not touching, although I don't like to step on cracks if I can avoid it. But a lot of people <laughs> do this with the seam and the lid. The, it's come the, up before. You have to not line up the seam with the, um, the, the part where you drink out of the, the hole in the lid because the seam can provide a little gap and you'll it'll dribble all over you so i line the seam up on the opposite side so you have your own opposite side syndrome yeah but it's more just practical so i don't dribble coffee on my shirt all 
right. Hansi Copperfield says, is it fair to say this sandwich is something that contains an item of caloric value in between two pieces of bread? I'm wondering if that is related to our old debates about whether a butter sandwich is a sandwich or not. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say that. Although you could put, you could have a lettuce sandwich. Sure. Which is also a term for a packed wallet. Um, but... What? Whoa, with <laughs> the it? lingo. Yeah. Oh, I heard someone say that once. I just assume people say it. A lettuce. <laughs> the problem with lettuce sandwich, because I was like, ooh, I'm taking that and I'm incorporating it. But lettuce sandwich doesn't sound like you have a lot of money. It sounds like you no, have no money. No, it sounds like yeah. you've, it's not filling at right. all. Sort of like yeah. salad days doesn't sound like it should be the best yeah, that's like the heyday. worst. <laughs> oh, Salad yeah. days sounds like a real bleak time. Yeah, it should be, be called French like ribs days. days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they should call it Friday. The cheese right. fries days. <laughs> Johnny Primo says, people say every now and again to reference something sporadic. To me, it sounds pretty constant. I never thought about it, but it now does. and again. Every and now again. and again. Yeah, so it's like every that's now true. and every again. Wow, that's like all the times. That is like when I was trying to quit smoking many years ago. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to smoke every other cigarette I want. And I realized, well, now it's impossible to know which are which. Because <laughs> I would smoke one and then I would want one. And then later, it's like, when's the next one? When's, which one did you have? Which one didn't you have? You know? Well, no, you, you'll never have another cigarette because... Is Wendy biting you? What's going on? Wendy's biting my fingers. <laughs> Because um, if you're going to smoke the one after the one you want, you're always, then you smoke the one after the one you want, but you want that one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so then you can't smoke that one. It was like a one. game of Othello. Oh, you right. know what? Someone wrote in and was like, have you noticed that every time you mention Wendy, she barks or makes a noise? It's I a think drop. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's Jeff. She's my snuggleberries. <laughs> Ab Vegas says, when people on the show make local references, it reminds me of the SNL skit, The Californians. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's it exists. It's impossible to yeah. live in the city and not sound like that. Especially because we were like really at top asshole for most of this podcast. So <laughs> I know. We're real Californian. Yeah. Were we? Oh, no, we were like, yeah, we're pretty bad, pretty shitty. Yeah. Just Wait, kidding. were we? No, we were fine. No, we were fine. Oh, great. Should I be I'm worried? About I know. I'm not going to sleep now. now. Yeah. You know those dudes that used to guard public enemy? You yeah. should hire those dudes to stand outside your house for the next couple of weeks. Who's like, coming for us? <laughs> Wait a minute. Were we that bad? I don't know. Uh-huh. We just have no barometer because we're all white. Right. So we could have been terrible. Or we could be fine. Dustin, you're white. Are we okay? Yeah. Squeaky right. yeah. clean. Yeah, we're good. I don't, I don't feel comforted by that. I know. Looks like I picked the right week to not have a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and even if we weren't, Greg, society's got our back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I hear that, dog. I'm down. <laughs> deeply uncomfortable and it's moved beyond discomfort yeah now I don't know I don't know how to describe I just want to say right now I agree with the criticism <laughs> so so just before you think of tweeting me you're right oh I agree with we've you. got our uncle Tom Greg <laughs> <laughs> at dong attack I feel like we it needs to be for us like some other not Uncle Tom. What should it be yeah, like, Uncle like Uncle Chad. Uncle James. Uncle Chad. <laughs> no, it'd be like Uncle, Uncle Todd. Uncle Jeb. Uncle Todd. I'm going. Uncle with. Todd. Bruce by Dawn says. Oh, I love this guy. If it's I, a woman, it's a guy. It's right, but it's funnier to say bruised by Dawn. Oh, okay, it's a woman. You know, a lot of people <laughs> thought it was bruised by Dawn. Yeah, but that's funnier. But 
If I have a project that is going to need singular focus, I have to completely clear my desk of extraneous materials first. Yes. I used to be like this, but then my desk got too messy. So now I'm not like this, and also I don't do anything that requires singular focus yeah. anymore. My desk is so messy, I don't even use it anymore. I just... Just fuck it. I just right. want to congratulate Don for being like the last person in America to discover Adderall. That's am- <laughs> that's amazing, and I like keep it up, Don. Right, keep cleaning the, your it's desk. It's not doing anyone else any favors. I used to have to clean my desk if I had an article I had to write. That was the first thing I had to do was make everything neat and tidy on my desk. But now it's just it's gotten out of control. Yeah. Bless you, Wendy. It's it's nice to have a clean desk. It would be nice. It's too much work. Jay same Jay as before, says, with all the endless Oreo varieties, I wish they would just sell the chocolate wafers with no filling. But that's the Snapchat. worst part to me. Mm-hmm. It's like the 100 calorie pack Oreo flavor. Right. Those are just little, just I forgot about little those. Little wafers. Yeah, little Oreo wafers. Mm-hmm. They're that right? chocolate, uh, chocolatey flavored. They're weird. Yeah, they're not good. When yeah, you're desperate, they're okay. Disagree. If they sold them that way, it would have to be sold with like, with like a bucket of filling, on, like a bucket of like the cream on the side. So oh, like, like Dunkaroos. Oh, that's well, that's I feel a like good idea. So you could yeah. fill it to whatever level you wanted, and, the, and there could be like you Pretty could get much. the variety so. pack, and they could be different flavors. Hold they on, have that? Uh, hold on. We have a resident Oreo expert. I think they have that. There's like Oreo sticks. Right? Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think dip. I got that once. Yeah, I think I was on assignment for a story. And uh, I was like, fuck it. Or yeah. it sticks time. <laughs> I think I was lonely. How are they? they? You know, my memory is that the sticks were kind of similar to those 100 calorie pack wafer things. Because the, the Oreo wafer isn't that good. It's, all, it's the lardy spread that's where it's at, in my Amen. opinion. Yeah. If I had those 100 calorie pack of those Oreo wafery things... I would dump them in a cup and then pour some almond milk and da- drown it in Truvia. And then Ooh. it would be like not particularly healthy cereal. But it would be delicious. Okay. <laughs> Jen says. Snack chat. <laughs> Allison and I could do a whole episode of weird, weird things, things we've we- eaten. Totally. <laughs> Jen says, tired of hearing and reading about clean eating as opposed to dirty eating. It's interesting. Clean has kind of become a uh, fill-in for healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard that clean eating. Yeah, heard, no, oh I, yeah, I've not heard that either. Super clean, always. What, is that, what does that mean? Clean eating, like you poop healthy. a lot. Oh, is that what that means? No, I just always imagine people who like clean eat cleanly. I don't even know what that means. They, they 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 just have really clean colons. That's what I always think. Is that what? Is that right? Is that I don't know because I just is imagine like all they do fiber? is eat like juice and lettuce. I find a lot of and joy kale. in pooping. No, poop always comes up around me. There's a lot of poop. Interviewing <laughs> someone who was talking about liking to grill vegetables with just a little bit of olive oil and um, salt and pepper, and she described it as super clean. So that's a super clean thing. Sure. Yeah, there's not a lot of ingredients, like ingredients, and it's natural. I don't think it has... Yes, I don't think it has a specific meaning. I just think, if you you know, you know when you're eating clean versus... Is it clean dirty? of like preservatives? Sure. Ugh. I bet that's part of it. Yeah. I love preservatives. What's your favorite preservative? Uh, carrageenan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, what is it? <laughs> Rob the Nerd says, I get annoyed when a drummer on a TV show or movie is hitting, uh-oh, stress yawn, is hitting a different drum or cymbal than the sound that I'm hearing. I wonder if Rob the Nerd is also a musician. 
But yeah, that's annoying. That's super annoying. Super annoying. When the band is like clearly bullshitting, yeah, right. that's annoying. Because it's yeah. also it's like not that hard to fake that. Right. It's really not. Yeah, it's lame. And finally, Amy Pruszynski says, I have a stripper playlist. Not a stripper, but if I was, it's what I'd strip to. I play it after hard workouts to feel badass. I don't Good question. Touch the tushy. <laughs> there it is. Oh, my God. If they played this at a strip club, what, what would happen? <laughs> I would feel like I've accomplished something. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you could retire just off the strip club royalties from this song. It does feel like when he plays that, like we're, we're in a... Strip club. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? Called like tushies. Tushies. <laughs> it's a, just a strip club for like elderly Theme Jewish song. men. Come down to tushies. We have the best tushies on the west the, side. The only kosher strip club. <laughs> look at look at the tuchas on this one. Don't you want to touch it? I like that one. Tuchases. Tushies and tuchases. Can you read this JMO again to see if there's a question in it? Okay, I should not have made that yawn audible. I feel like it's like that's how interested I am. No, I am interested. It's just um, I don't know. I have a stripper playlist. Not a stripper, but if I was, it's what I'd strip to. I play it after hard workouts to feel badass. Just me or everyone? Do you have a stripper playlist? playlist? Yes, even though. You're as not, far as we know, you're not a stripper. No. <laughs> All right. I don't think any of us do either. Although, no. I like the idea. It is not a bad idea. No, but I will have a different kind of music that I'll listen to. When you're sort of like pop music. <laughs> but after working When, out? when you're thinking <laughs> about being a stripper. <laughs> mm-hmm. When is this? <laughs> when I'm in my car dreaming about being a stripper, Yes. I, no, I, I just mean I do want to. I do want to make that playlist now. I know. What I think, would go it, on it, it I think it's an song. inspired idea that should spread. Um, you can leave your hat on by Joe Cocker, <laughs> bumping in strip clubs all over America right now. I've never been to a strip club. I bet no. Jenna hasn't either. No, nope. and uh, Alan never. No. No. Nope. Daily Show is around the corner from the Hustler Club, but that's mm. about as close as I got. Yeah, I feel like there. I, I don't know if it's always or just there was a phase, but I bet it's always. There are women who claim to love strip clubs, and I feel like you. I don't think you really love strip clubs. I think you're trying to impress the guys with how cool you are. Mm. Yep. Yes. Mm. You know these women, Dustin. I I have encountered them. Yes, and that is also my take of them when that <laughs> sentiment is uttered. Right. It's like. Okay, we we get it. You're cool. They're the Uncle Toms of feminism. Ooh. The Uncle Jans. Oh, dang. <laughs> Uncle Jans. Oh, hands up. Hold on. Oh, shit. Wendy has your shoe. It's oh, Greg's shoe. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, boy. More and more, mm. I feel like we're not good pet owners because we are not teaching her to be a well-behaved dog and she's becoming kind of out of control and it's not so super cute anymore. Is your shoe okay? No. It's not okay? No, it's fine. Who cares? It's yours. But did she destroy it or anything? I didn't really check it out that carefully, but it was funny, so it was totally worth it. They're just shoes. It's fine. You guys owe me like 120 bucks. (laughs) In my experience, she just plays with the shoe, but it's terrible that we have experience with this. She, yeah. you know what it is like. Oh, how cute! She doesn't really she chew was... on it. What she'll do is she'll grab it and then 
uh, run around proudly that she's conquered she the shoe. She caught the shoe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Team cats. <laughs> <laughs> was that exactly. this episode? That was this episode, wasn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Was yeah. How long, yeah. How long is this episode? Feels like it's been it's five hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how much I've It's aged. as long as Brown versus the Board of Education, <laughs> <laughs> which is fairly long. Oh, my goodness. Well, if this keeps up, I'm definitely going to need to cover all the windows. Thank God Blinds.com is there. I think I've talked to you guys about Blinds.com before. It's a friendly and helpful team of U.S.-based decorating experts who are here to make your life easier. My guy over there is Josh, and I sent him photos of the rooms that I want to add new shades in. And while I was on the phone with him, he sent me photos of what he would suggest, and he nailed it right away because... I didn't, he asked, how would you describe your decor? And I said, it's very rental. And then some people pointed out that what I should have said is minimalist. But minimalist is not the style I like. It's just what I live with. Anyway, though, he suggested some shades, like Roman shades for the bedroom and cellular shades for the kitchen because one lets in more light than others. Anyway, they're so, they look so good. And I have my samples here and we're going to move forward. And I'm super excited. Um, if you want to do any kind of window treatment, Blinds.com is where to go, whether you're spring cleaning or tackling your to-do list. Shopping with Blinds.com makes replacing an old window treatment or, or updating your room with a little something special a no-brainer. Let Blinds.com help with your spring cleaning. Just say no to those old dingy blinds and freshen up your windows with a beautiful insulating cell shade or drapery instead. If you go to Blinds.com, you'll see they have all different sorts of things. Um, you can really go nuts with all the different uh, ideas. Your Your brain will... Well, what happens when a bunch of new ideas are in front of you? Be set on fire, but in a good way, with all the options. Try blinds.com before you buy, because uh, they have a really cool iPhone and Android app called The Window Shopper that lets you take a picture of the window you want to cover and try on your blinds with augmented reality. Find great discounts all May long at blinds.com. You'll love the great deals on already low prices for your spring and summer window treatment needs. As always, get free color samples, free shipping, free expert decorator advice, and prices that crush prices you'll find in store. Blinds.com takes care of its customers in so many ways, like their SureFit guarantee. If you mismeasure your window, even if it's your mistake, Blinds.com will remake your product for free, so there's no risk to you. Blinds.com really cares. All right, you guys. This has been an interesting episode. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I like that we took a stab at a topic that people smarter than us would choose to sidestep. Um, I hope we didn't... I just hope that we don't... uh, feel like wow that was silly of us to attempt to tackle something so touchy and heated but i respect our honesty i am just just frothing at the mouth right now it's slight discomfort um i want to thank everyone for listening if you're gonna buy something on amazon click through the banner on my website alisonrosen.com doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you for all your Amazon support. We have PayPal links on the right side of the website. Thank you for your PayPal support. It helps us so much. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Subscribe. So subscribe your friends. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Get that by searching Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. Two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us. Kind things. A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. 
I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Allison Rosen and Instagram at Allison Rosen. And Jeff, where should we go for you? <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> he doesn't have a mic. I mean, he could borrow yours. Or he just doesn't want to. He Jeff has checked out. Jeff is oh he's like I don't want to be associated with this group exactly. of it's like, white people anymore. It's like a writer like taking the byline off there. Exactly. He's Alan Smithying this episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I mean, I would recommend for Jeff, he's Colonel Jeff Fox on all the social medias and he's got a great podcast called Barracuda Radio and you can get that where finer podcasts are sold. See Jeff, I pay attention when you squeak. <laughs> Daniel, where should we go for you? At Daniel Quantz, Q U A N T Z. All right. Instagram, Twitter, etc. Alan? At Alan Moss, two A's, two L's, two S's uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Nice. Jenna? Um, check out our podcast, Sorry Not Sorry, with Jenna Kim Jones. You can find it uh, on iTunes just by searching Jenna Kim Jones. Dustin? Never been prouder to say <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> and Greg Heller. I just want to take this opportunity to say I hope everyone is nice to each other this week. That's <laughs> that's really all I want to say. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen. Best friend